Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. We are so excited to be here today with the porn film director, screenwriter, producer and entrepreneur Erika Lass. It's been almost 20 years of her creating the porn empire she runs today. And in this conversation, we speak about how she got into porn and what she had to face along the journey, what she loves about porn and what makes a good porn film, as well as her view on the future of porn, incorporating AI and so much more. I am Amanda and this is Playful Podcast. Erika, we are so happy to have you in the Playful Podcast. Thank you very much. Welcome. It's a great pleasure being here. <laughs> Amazing. Uh-huh. And uh, it was, and we, I saw your film yesterday, mm-hmm. the showing in Berlin. It was amazing. Um, and we also got to chat a bit then. It was very nice. Um, if you would describe yourself using three words. Myself? Yeah. Okay. What would... Oh, that would depend on the day, I guess, uh, <laughs> because as everyone, it kind of comes and goes a bit how I feel about myself. I have lovely, wonderful days and I have worse days, uh, but today I feel pretty good. I would uh, say that I'm a quite happy person in general. Uh, I'm quite passionate, intense, uh, and... Um, Sometimes a bit of a workaholic. Aye. But you said intense. This is also something some people say I am intense, but I don't understand it myself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not intense. I'm super chilled. What do you mean? <laughs> but do you feel that you you yourself feel that you're intense? What yes. did people tell you? Oh, yes. you feel that I you're think, intense? I feel that I have very high energy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the workaholic. And I can see it when I'm in front of the camera because my eyes are very intense. I see, you know, when people taking pictures of me, etc., that I need to kind of relax. I need to chill. I need to get down. But I love being in charge. I love having kind of the control of the situation and being prepared. Yeah. Were you always like this? Yeah. Yeah. So you were a high <laughs> achiever as a kid, I guess, then also. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are you this person who's competing with yourself? Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> and sometimes okay. with others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I mean, yeah. if you always compete, if you compete with yourself and always win, it's no fun anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, all right, I see. But well, who were no, you? But, but you know, my little sister is also a ballet dancer. She mm. was a ballet dancer when she was younger. Uh, and I think that we were always kind of, you know, going for results yeah yeah because of the upbringing mm-hmm. probably oh. a bit mm. who were you as a teenager who was i as a teenager um well uh, i was um i think i was a pretty good girl i liked studying a lot um but I was also always a person uh, fantasizing quite a lot, living quite a lot in my head, writing, mm. creating, um, imagining the future. Oh, okay. And what did you imagine for the future? Then? All kind of things. I wanted so many different things. Sometimes people ask me, what, what did you want to do? And I go... I mean, I wanted to be, you know, at some point in my life, I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be an archaeologist. I want, you know, all interesting jobs for sure. Uh, 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 A marine biologist. Uh, I... I, yeah, I jumped on different challenges and things all the time. And oh, yeah. I wanted I wanted to, I mean, I grew up in Sweden, so I wanted to uh, to learn languages and to travel and to meet people from other get cultures out. and kind of get out of yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. But uh, what was your relation to sex then? As like Sweden is a little bit of a sex negative well it, 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 i guess it depends on who you talk to and mm. how you see it because because saying that sweden is sex negative is right and wrong at the same mm. time i think i mean most people outside in the world think that sweden is a very sex positive country mm. and at where does that come from at films some, films definitely yeah like in the ingmar bergman mm. yeah, uh, yeah 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 you know all mm. this kind of uh, I, I I and and also Swedish women traveling uh, early on, mm. especially if you go down to the Mediterranean, Italy, Spain, etc. Uh, they have a vision of uh, the sex Swedish sex liberal women coming yeah. down, being you know topless at the beach and oh, yeah. being kind of beautiful and naked and out there. Mm. Uh, and then we also have the fact, obviously, that Sweden was the first country in the world who made sex education uh, mandatory in schools already. I think in '52, if I'm not wrong with the year so um those things i think make people really think that sweden is this kind of sex positive country Mm. but i think about sweden many times as uh, in fanny and alexander a famous swedish television series and film they it has different cats actually uh, but uh, that film i think represent the both side of sweden the mm. kind of you know very strict um calvinist lutheran kind of swedish um yeah. strictness and then the this theater family that was kind of wild and open and drinking and uh, having sex, etc. 
Yeah. So you have both sides there. And I think they both exist. Uh, but I guess that when you say that Sweden is sex negative, you are thinking about how they relate to pornography mm. and sex work. And uh, that is true that uh, in Sweden, uh, they have a hard time to understand how kind of pornography can be good for you, how it can have other values than mm. uh, negative misogynistic values. Yeah, uh, I think that most people who are working in, in the adult industry, we know that it obviously can have great values. Uh, that porn is uh, media and that you can create the kind of porn when, you want to, uh, yeah, but when, depending on who you are and your visions, right? Yeah. And when did you realize that? Or like, you know, okay, first though, were you, did you feel that you were limited within your own sexuality as a teenager or did you feel free? No, I I actually felt pretty free. I think I had good luck. Uh, the schools where I went, we had sexologists coming into our schools, talking to us. We had access to clinics with gynecologists and psychologists mm. and we had uh, support from the system. Uh, I did feel that in my family, for example, we didn't speak much about sex so that was a bit of taboo and a limit but the school system definitely opened up to me and helped me to kind of shape who I am today I think uh, and I felt I always felt interested in sex and eroticism I remember being a kid reading you know my grandma's magazines at her little summer house in the archipelago and kind of reading all these erotic novels and stuff and being quite fascinated with powerful kind of sexual female characters mm. uh, even you know when you go back and look at the Um, what's the name of it again? The Selma Lagerlöfs um, Kejsaren i Portugalien. You remember these references? Uh, That that, uh, the daughter was a prostitute, Mm. you know, a sex worker and And the father didn't want to recognize it. And he was very kind of impacted by this uh, situation mm. and got a bit crazy. Oh, yeah. So you read it and you and that made you. No, think. but I, I I always thought about her as, you know, a strong, powerful, yeah. strong, independent yeah. woman somehow. Yeah, for sure. I didn't really mm. see the drama no. in you know, people wanting to get into sex work. And yeah, stuff. no, for sure. But then you were, uh, you you left Sweden, as you said, also to get out and you went to Spain. Well, I, I, I did travel a bit before I yeah. came to Spain, actually. I uh, did, you know, uh, summer kind of mm, summer school in, in England. I did, mm. you know, summer camp in the States. I did uh, a year uh, with a scholarship in France. And then I ended up in Spain, uh, I think, when I was uh, 20, the summer oh. of 97. And since then, uh, I totally 
kind of fell in love with uh, the country and then especially with the city of Barcelona where I ended up. And um, I, I, I really felt that that was the place where I could kind of be myself or become who I wanted to be or feel free somehow. Yeah, yeah. But you were working in marketing first? I've been working in a few different things. Mm. Uh, I was working in uh, in the audiovisual sector, like uh, being, you know, at the beginning, I started as a runner uh, for different production companies, mm. mostly doing advertisements and uh, some film productions, some action films. And then little by little, I, I, I advanced and I, I worked as a production assistant, production manager, location manager, uh, producer I uh, signed myself up to film school I learned how to make film and uh, in 2004 I got an uh, opportunity to make a short film and oh. that's that was the time when I kind of you know sat down wanted to write the script came up with this idea of a short film called The Good Girl uh, that became you know my first uh, erotic film and uh, for me when I started think about it it wasn't 100% clear what mm. I wanted to do with this film I just knew back then that I wanted to do something uh, around female sexuality mm. uh, because I thought that that was a very powerful subject uh, that I was interested in and intrigued by and then little by little it turned out to be you know kind of a pornographic explicit film but with my values with my point of view etc all right how how was that received very very well actually i mean at it, home too uh, oui, that's another story but, but like <laughs> around you know my circle my friends etc everybody was like wow this is cool this yeah. is great erica so wonderful and i sent it to some film festivals and it won awards and that's kind of how it's you know things started to move. Mm. I uh, started my own blog online, ericalast.com. I started to write about feminism and cinema and pornography and sexuality. And I uploaded a film and in, you know, just a short amount of time, it had received like two millions of downloads and people were writing to me and everybody was saying, hey, when are you going to make more? And, and this was for free. This was like a marketing portal. Yes, it yeah. was, you know, the time of the blogs online yeah. where people were sharing their opinions, etc. But it, it, yeah, it was for free. It was downloadable. Uh, How did you reach out then with it? Well, it kind of became viral oh, somehow, yeah. you know. And people it, wrote about it, I guess. I guess back then there was not that much content online. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, there was no uh, free online porn. Ah, no, it was porn. DVD time. <laughs> it was DVD time and porn was something that people did pay for. Porn, you know, people subscribed mm -hmm. to, uh, to sites where they could watch pictures or short videos in kind of not that good quality as we have yeah. today, right? yeah. And at the beginning, when I started my company, uh, what we were doing was basically shipping DVDs. 
I was selling DVDs to erotic boutiques and store stores. And I was, you know, at the post office every day with my car and with the boxes and shipping, you know, it's like 6,000 DVDs to Canada, 3,000 DVDs to Norway. And thousands. Yeah, it was big amounts. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I was like, it was like me with the ma- print magazine. But not that amount, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, But I mean... I've been around for a while, you know. It's like, it's it's next year I will celebrate 20 years uh, in this, uh, yeah, in this world of adult entertainment. So, it's pretty exciting. But there are so many things that you had to, uh, (laughs) like, encounter. Mm. You say that? Encounter? Yeah, I kind of find on my way. Find, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. because now it's much easier to get information about what it is to work in this industry, mm-hmm. that it can be difficult mm-hmm. and people help you. Internet is such a helpful tool, mm-hmm. but you had to be a pioneer in that on for yourself, right? Well, I had also. to figure out uh, not only what kind of films I wanted to do with what kind of values and how to actually, you know, work the whole kind of production process, etc. And the vision, I had to figure out those things, but I also had to figure out how to make a company out of this. And uh, to be honest, that has definitely been the hardest thing because for me you know making the films etc that's what I love doing that is the pleasure that is when I'm super happy and you know I I I kind of come up with ideas and I write scripts and we discuss it and we think about who are we going to cast and we contact people and I find locations and I talk to my whole you know my team and we make mood boards of 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 the art and of the wardrobe and of the makeup and of all the the kind of companies and all Mm. of that is fantastic you know Mm. being on set and working with cameras and figure out kind of how we're going to frame it and how we're going to film it and what kind of shots are we going to do and and that is what I love with this job I love making films yeah and I love telling these stories uh, about uh, about sex about Mm. relationships about how we relate to each other about how we find the pleasure how we enjoy ourselves I love uh, the potential of adult filmmaking in exploring our sexualities because I think that especially Mm. as women we haven't really had the opportunity to do that that much we haven't had you know in if we look at a historical perspective I mean it's really kind of five minutes we had the the right to our own sexuality before everything was about you know uh, reproduction and families and 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 kind of pleasing men. Mm. Uh, so it's it's still pretty new, mm. I think, in general. You know, for for women to 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 feel empowered and to kind of look inside ourselves. What do we want? What do we wish for? What do we desire? Mm. What are our fantasies? And how do we portray them? on screen right Mm. because it's it's i i I think that it's 
always a challenge, you know, because I am, even if I am kind of an, a, a feminist since many years back, I'm pretty aware about the power structures and the gender roles and kind of how we, we, we represent people on screen, etc. I'm still a product of yeah. the society I have been brought up in. Exactly. That has changed uh, a lot during my lifetime. I'm 46 now, so it mm. has definitely changed, mm. you know. But I, I, I still sometimes um, have to kind of challenge myself with with what I desire myself. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Uh, and 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 to think, and when I when I create a story and I create a script, I try to do a little game. I kind of sit down and then I look at the roles I have. I have, you know, pictured uh, and I go, would something change if this character, instead of being a woman, would be a man ah, and this fun, character yeah. would be, a, would, would, would the story really change? Or what would happen if both of them would be women or both of them men? Or how yeah. would that affect, you know, yeah. the, the Did you story? do that from early on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fun. Yeah. But was there ever a time when you felt like this is too much? Maybe I'm just going to quit. Yeah. <sighs> Yes. Yeah. I think there definitely has been time, but but when you say too much, it's definitely there have been moments where I felt, oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Like when you know when you lose an Instagram account that you've been working on for so many years, you just go, the world. What is happening? Why do we have to be so censured? What am I? Why am I so dangerous yeah. to this cis hetero white tech guys out there? Why are they so afraid of my opinions and what I have to say? And I think mm -hmm. that that is something that we feel everybody who's working, you know, in this community with something sex related, whether it's sex educators, uh, sex performers, sex workers, creators, porn producers, all of us kind of, we feel that we are targeted, that we are being deplatformed, that we are being shadow banned, that we are being censured, that we are being, you know, taken our accounts away. Mm. Uh, and, and, it is very, very hard to reach uh, people because the, the the idea here with 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 you know the company and with my films etc. It's to spread sex positive culture. In yeah. the end, that is the idea, and it's it feels like there's so many people out there who just want to kind of cut that off because they benefit from the structure that we have today. Mm. They benefit from somehow, you know, sex being... Um, controlled. Controlled. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, for sure. I, we were speaking about something I found very interesting uh, yesterday. And you said that you probably wouldn't have been able to have that huge success that you have today without your husband. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Yeah, <laughs> with my 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 partner and husband uh, Pablo. Yes, because I think that he was uh, a person that early on, when you know, when I had made my first short film, etc., who kind of saw the opportunity to make something more out of it, uh, and who pushed me to deliver 
to give to stop working on uh, per on 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 a script being perfect or on um. an idea being being all kind of covered from all angles is something wrong with this can someone mm. criticize me I because thought, i think yeah. that early on i was very today i'm not as afraid but early on i was very afraid of being criticized and mm. i felt very criticized obviously uh, yeah. from and and you know i have had people during my career who have said that i have anything that i'm a fake feminist to that I'm a feminazi uh, so yeah. it goes all over right and mm. it depends on where they come from etc and I definitely had many many men in the adult industry in the beginning who kind of attacked me a bit and yeah. you know really wanted to kind of corner me and kind of said that what you were doing is not special at all and uh, it's you know the women around me they really like the way we are portraying sex they don't need another kind of alternative we are already covering everything mm. uh you crazy feminist why don't you go back to sweden and milk some cows uh, i had that kind of attacks on me yeah. i had uh, also obviously feminists abolitionists yeah. still today uh, yeah. coming you know on me saying that how can i let people like i was like we were saying it yesterday like yeah. let people being raped on camera i don't know like this is a yes people have all yes. these kind of ideas yeah. about what's going on yeah but it was also interesting because millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Uh, as a woman, all these men who are like scared that you will take their place, mm. that you mentioned that Pablo could be a man who could be like create trust for them. Yeah. So like they wouldn't trust you and what you said or listen to what you said. But if he said the exact same word, mm. then they could hear it ha- mm. somehow. Sound but like. but I I think that for me, what also happened with with Pablo early on was that he his father was you know uh, an entrepreneur. He came from that kind of 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 ambient where he was confident in himself to kind of to 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 dare to make business to dare to create a structure that because making a business being an entrepreneur is a huge risk and i think that i was pretty afraid of that risk not only of the people criticizing but of the risk of actually you know putting my money 
in at risk because because it is and 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 the business that we have grown we have done in a very organic way you know we have put our own money into a first film then we have sold Mm. that film that film has given us money back and then we have continued investing in more films and and hiring some people and you know growing little by little year by year the company mm. and and then there has also been all this mo- these moments on the way where we kind of had to think of how to evolve how to evolve from you know selling dvds to making an online cinema yeah and i thought that all of these moments on the way were very risky and a bit kind of strange to me because i'm not the tech person i don't know how to make Mm. an online cinema i don't really know how to talk to all these tech guys because they're basically guys and I think that there I have had a huge support in having, you know, Pablo by my side who yeah. had kind of had a little more interest in technology and yeah. knowing a bit more how to negotiate with these people, etc. Uh, and to, you know, have this conversation. But the same happened when I started out as a filmmaker. You know, when you start out as a filmmaker, you don't know how to uh, direct a whole crew, how to direct actors. You don't know how to, how to film with a camera you don't know how to edit a film you don't know all of these things this is something you will learn on the way and I think that this is a barrier for many women who you know are afraid of of kind of getting into things they don't control 100% and you can't control it in the beginning now you know 20 years after I know these things because I've been working in this and I made many many mistakes on the way and I learned from every of those mistakes and Mm. I think it's so important that we understand that it's not about you know doing everything right and and being perfect and have a clear vision that these things you will get there if you start if you don't start you would just sit on your sofa in your home watching, you know, Netflix <laughs> or other people's films, etc. But you're yeah. never going to get there. So yeah. you have to let go of the fear of failing and confront it all the time. Confront it. Learn mm. how to live with it. Learn how to take in it. Learn how to kind of move forward. Mm. Um, yeah. And accepting that, that. You are just human. You're never going to be perfect. Let it go. Let it go. And it's interesting also, we spoke about the the change that you have been going through over these 20 years. That's like first shipping DVDs and then internet. If we look for, like if we look to the future, AI is something people start to, or like it's taking over Mm -hmm. and it's going like in such a rapid pace. Mm -hmm. How, what's your view? Like how could, do you, have this as a big topic within the last team? Yeah, it's something that we have started to to discuss, definitely, and that some people are more interested in it than the other. I sometimes feel like I'm a bit, you know, not 
that much of a tech nerd to kind of really understand it and to get into it. I'm uh, investigating at this moment if this means that I can make a film with more extras that I don't really need to hire all the people, but I can put people in the films, etc. Yeah. But 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 we'll see where it goes. I I honestly I don't know hundred percent where where how how this is going to evolve. And I'm you know. With new technologies, I made a VR film, for example, a few years ago, and I I did it because I wanted to kind of get out of my comfort zone, try something new, see how I could make this, this technology work. But then I realized that it wasn't really for me, that it's, oh, you know, yeah. I, it was another way of kind of thinking, etc. But I didn't really get it you know, turn on out no. of it. And I think that it's very, also very important to try to work with the components and the things that you feel kind of were mm. connected to. Exactly. It's also this kind of, uh, now I'm jumping to another yeah. topic that's related to it. What was it called? Deep fake? Deep fakes. Deep yeah, fakes. I know what deep fakes is. Yeah. yeah. What's your view on that? Like first explaining no, uh, but it, what but it is. I, but... I mean, it's it's pretty horrible because yeah. what they what they do is that they can take any person's face and put it on another person's body, and then uh, it can be a tool of abuse. Uh, yeah, and it's and... something pretty serious. It is really crazy. And that's only going to get easier and easier. So if you Google any mm. person I, mm. and plus porn, you can get that yeah. made directly, I guess. No, it's it's a form of image-based image abuse. Mm. Yeah, for sure. But it's going to be maybe outwatered. You say that in English? <laughs> 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 oh god but you know when when the te technology is getting so good maybe people are gonna be like well mm. everything maybe nothing is really real yeah yeah i'm i mean for 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 me if we're talking about you know erotic filmmaking explicit filmmaking etc what what i what I'm interested in and what I want out of it is, uh, is, is really reaching the point of, of feeling the intimacy. You know, I, I always used to say that I'm, I, it, I want to feel what it feels like having sex when I'm looking at a movie. I want to be with the characters. Mm. I want to understand them. I want to understand why are they into each other? What drives them? What are their attraction? Uh, I want to kind of be on their erotic journey with them somehow. And, and for me, when I, you know, watch kind of lots of mainstream porn, I'm not as attracted to it because it's just body parts jumping around on a sofa. Yeah. And for me as a person, I want the connection. Mm. That is what really, really turns me on. Yeah, the small details, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, Subtle, I, I uh... need to understand what's happening in their eyes. Mm. I want that. Yeah. 
I wanna kind of, oh, I wanna feel how the, the hairs on the arms kind of stand up. I wanna mm. see the reddish kind of, you know, breast. Mm. I want, I, I, I wanna hear. This is you so know, obvious when watching your films. There are so many details. <laughs> yeah. Like there could be a drip of sweat, you know? And it's just like the camera is like, Yeah. letting that just drip until it's yeah. next scene yeah yeah it's really i love that thank you very very nice all right um yes <laughs> uh we have now come to the part of the podcast where if you are or want to become a patreon you'll get to hear the juicy stuff about erica's biggest learnings when starting her journey and building erica lust And how you can think if starting your own company is something you're curious to do. We also speak about what you need to think about before getting in front of the camera. And the important questions she always asks new performers. As well as giving us some pro sex advice. Go to patreon.com slash playful magazine. What would you say makes a good porn film? We're on to that topic. But besides mm-hmm. the details, mm-hmm. what are some things that you're like it should include or like For you to be like, but it, but, it, but who? It's a difficult question because of what makes a good a good porn film. Uh, it also depends for people. I mean, there are people who really want so many different things. For me, as a creator and a viewer, what I'm interested in is kind of this intimacy that we're mm. talking about. Yeah. I am interested in. The, the kind of the the aesthetics of it, the artistic values of it. I'm interested in the cinematography. I'm because all of these things for me are tools to kind of enlighten my my sensitivity and and awaken kind of my eroticism somehow. And 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 that is what really works for me, you know. But then but then you talk to other people and they want pure amateur things for example mm, they yeah. are not interested in the high cinematography or in the perfect framing or in you know maybe all of these details because they just want to feel that these two people are real and that they are into each other and that they have chemistry and mm. that's it or they want high impact uh, images you know and mm. they want many of them and they want rhythm and they want roughness and they want mm. I mean it, it can it or specific all, kinks or or specific anything. things etc but 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 what I think what we can agree on in all of that of that is that if we would talk about good porn that would be you know that it's made correctly mm. that it's made with working conditions where everybody has been uh you know aware of what's going to happen they have been talked to they have agreed uh, the paperwork has been done the sdi testings has been done people uh, feel that they are in charge of their sexuality they they have their agency they are being portrayed in a way that corresponds to what they feel so because this yeah. is what we see in lots of the porn the free porn on the internet right we 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 see that people are being fetishized for their body types or their age groups or their their color of their skin or without you know, making that decision themselves, themselves. Yeah. exactly so many times when when you know i'm talking to journalists etc and they are pushing a lot the idea of ethical porn 
and and they ask kind of what is it and 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 I always say it's about the working conditions really it's about how you make the film etc but then the ethical aspects goes all along the way of a production it's not only how you produce it it's not only the responsibility by the production companies and directors and etc it's also uh, the distribution and the marketing. Yeah. So sometimes in in you know in, in some adult companies, the production process has been superb. Everything has been taken care of. Everybody was happy. Uh, performers were paid fair wages, etc. Everything was fine. But then it gets into marketing, and then somehow they get you know labeled in a way that they wouldn't agree with. Ah, shit. There is where you have, you know, slutty Latina and tiny Asian and big black cock and Mm. all of these kind of abbreviations Mm. that reduces people, that takes out their humanity and makes them, you know, exoticized Mm. kind of things for your satisfaction Mm. but it's not about you know really about them and how they feel etc so I think that that is something we don't talk enough about yeah and then you have the end station here that is from the consumers yeah if you want to be ethical pay for your porn that's the way you do Mm. it that's how you can assure that what you are watching has been done has been done correctly check if you know when you when you watch porn online check if there's an about page can you learn anything about that company about that director about you know the performers can you watch a making of can you watch an interview can you get information on the process of of this company on their values etc do you agree with those values that's when you know if this is you know a a page or a company or a streaming service or whatever and if you resonate with it do you? Yeah, exactly. Ask yourself that question. I mean, I think that's the easiest way of, of doing it. And when you see if you are one of these people who goes to the free porn online mm. and you see taglines that you don't agree with, for example, yeah. tiny teen is getting destroyed, which yeah. is pretty, you know, it's it's this is the way that it's done. Then, you know, don't watch it. No, exactly. Don't watch it. Don't go there. Mm-hmm. You know, complain about it. Yeah. Show that you don't support that kind of point. Yeah. And I think that this is, you know, what we need to do, all of us, is becoming more responsible consumers. And I think that we, many of us, are already doing it in other areas of our lives. Yeah. If you go to the supermarket, I, I don't know exactly your diet and what you eat. Or like... But... Mm. Kilometro zero, zero yeah. you know, yeah. kind of, and I, you know, I'm plant based myself, etc. I'm, 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 I'm trying to be aware. Where does the food come from? Who has produced this? Uh, kind mm. of, there are values there that 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 you want to, you know, work with. The same with 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 fashion or, you know, furniture, yeah. etc. For sure. Just give it a think. What are you consuming? What is the kind of the the consequences in the world of what you are consuming? Yeah. So important. <laughs> All right. 
Last question. Yeah. Um, if we look at the, the future for you now, what, is there anything you could reveal that you are like working on or that is coming up? Well, I'm working on quite many things. Obviously. I always do. Multitasker. Uh, but uh, I've, I've, I've just shot uh, a couple of films uh, this autumn that are going to come out. Long ones? Soon. Like no, the they're not long ones. No. They're Films for uh, for this project I have called Ex Confessions. Oh, yeah. Ex Confessions is you know where people are sending in their anonymous uh, confessions, their fantasies, their desires, things they have done, things they want to do, and then I make together with my team of filmmakers we make short films kind of of yeah. of, of these confessions. Uh, no, Ex Confessions I think is a beautiful community of of creators, not only filmmakers but also all the performers mm. who are working with us, the photographers, artists who are also kind of you know letting us use their imagery to illustrate the the confessions. And we have, I mean we have I think we have over 300 short films uh, already. It's been going on for 10 years now. Uh, so it's a pretty solid project uh, yeah. that I'm very proud of. And um, no, we just shot a, a bunch of, of very exciting films coming up. Uh, so I'm working on that. I'm working on, uh, I'm working on a book for The Porn Conversation. Thepornconversation.org oh. is another project I have where we are helping uh, parents and educators uh, to, to kind of help them in how they can talk with young people about pornography. Because we all know that porn has become sex education. Whether yeah. we like it or not, or whether it has, it's supposed, it's not it's supposed true. to be. It hasn't always been. It was magazines no. back. Well, I mean, or... sex education, sex education. Yes, I think that in all times, human mm. beings have been interested in sex. Yeah. You know, we lived in the caves and we were painting sex things on the walls in the caves. You know, you look at the Romans, you look at the Greeks, you look at, you know, Shunga, Kamasutra. I mean, it's yeah. all cultures. It's all over sex. We are obsessed. With sex. Yeah, we, we want been. to understand Always what's, what's happening. Yeah, it's, giving, it's giving us pleasure. It gives us something yeah, spectacular, yeah, yeah. right? So we want to understand it. Yeah, even the animals. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> no, but um, no, so, so I think that's a reality. But then, of course, I mean, when I grow up, internet was not there obviously i what did i do i looked at magazines of course i looked at books at the library to yeah. find out stuff and your you grandma's know? magazine my grandma's magazine <laughs> <laughs> i no and 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 I, I, and then cable tv came around right TV late thousand. night <laughs> yeah. and 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 the video cassettes you know my first experience with porn was at a pajama party you know when i was 12 or 13 and mm. you know a, a girlfriend had found this video cassette that her father had in a secret drawer oh, yeah. and you know she was putting it on like after the real movie yeah. came the porn movie yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I and i think we we always we always used pornography and i think porn can be a very a very great way of 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 understanding yourself and your sexuality you can learn a lot about about it uh, and um but you want to change and, it somehow 
No, what I want, what I, what I really want, because now we live in these times where porn is very accessible mm. for lots of young people uh, and uh, nobody really talks to them about the values in lots of that porn that is accessible to them. Mm. And I want them to be able to be, you know, media literate. Uh, I want them to have porn literacy to understand uh, what porn is, that porn is an exaggerated fiction of sex. Yeah. That, you know, as same as happening in, in, in movies, you know, we have all these superhero movies where Superman can fly and Spider-Man, you know, is climbing on buildings. And, you know, uh, they know that that is not real, that that is fiction. But what is happening with many young people today is that they don't realize that so much of the porn that's out there on the internet that it's also fiction. No, it's yeah. not just a por- portrait of kind of real sexuality, how people no. are. Most of it is framed for male viewers. Yeah. It's centered around male sexuality. Uh, it's, you know, women are used as tools mm. to make Don't try the men... to do that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or, you know, do it, but, but be aware yeah. of but, like, what it is. If and, you're and like the first time you're gonna uh, you're you're a straight guy, first time you're gonna seduce a woman, and you're like, I know exactly what to do. It's yeah. gonna go so wrong, probably. <laughs> no, no, and that is yeah. happening. That is happening mm-hmm. every day. Uh, you know, I hear lots of stories from fans and people who are writing to me about their kind of relationship to sex and to porn and how it has affected them. And I think that if we just really can get in there and it, because it's not about censuring porn, it's not about prohibiting it. It's not about porn being entirely bad and we shouldn't watch it, etc. No, it's about understanding it, understand the good and the bad, understanding how can we use it in a healthy way that works for us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. I loved having you here. It was a Thank big you. pleasure for us. Uh, we do have the extra material okay. left. What, what, what is that? <laughs> that is only for Patreons. <laughs> so it's going to be no videos. Pay for your podcast. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pay for your podcast part. <laughs> no, but this is a little bit more. This, okay. Yay, thank you thank so, you. so much. Just one. I only have one. This was it for Playful Podcast this week, but please follow, subscribe and listen to our next episode. And if you want to have a say about future artists or even ask your own question to one of our guests, follow us on Instagram and make sure to add your question when we lift our coming guests. Thank you so much for joining and see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.